Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. It is the balance. It's that you can't have, it can't be uneven for too long in any one direction or you just lose it. And that's why we run. That's why we run. Welcome to Manic Rambling Spiral. I'm Heather B. Armstrong. And I'm John Bray. John R. Bray. John R. Bray. Mm-hmm. This is a, this is a, <laughs> Mormons. <laughs> you're not, no, you're not Mormon, but that's how we do it. That's how we Mormons do it. You got to add that in. You got to add in the middle initial. <laughs> Bring it on. I'm sorry. And I'm John R. Bray. This week, um, I get to complain about moving my body, I guess. (laughs) And while you're complaining about it, I get to say that exercising is really the only bit of free time that I feel like I get in a day. That's a a really privileged thing to say, actually. (laughs) I know. I know. (laughs) We want to talk about what it's like to have uh, a workout regimen when you have a full-time job and you take care of your kids all by yourself. What is it? How do you fit in working out or running or cycling or swimming? Um, and the reason I, I really want to talk about this right now is that I am training to run the Boston Marathon. I did not qualify, no. <laughs> I'm very quick to point that out when any, anyone is like, oh my God, you must be fast. You didn't and qualify like, for it? No, I did not qualify for it. kind of weaseling your way in. I am I am guiding a runner who happens to be visually impaired. I'm working with an organization called Team with a Vision, and I am attempting to fit in runs around my children. Attempting. <laughs> yes. Yes, because it's basically impossible. I'm not running the Boston Marathon, but this is extremely relevant to me because, for one, running is the only thing that gets me out and moving. Because I sit a lot, you know, and you do too. Um, I do. And it's honestly one of the main things that kind of have kept me sane through all of last year. A way to sort of clear my head and reflect. Oh, that's right. Last year happened. Last year last year did happen. <laughs> a friend of mine refers to 2015 as the dark ages for me. And I think it works. <laughs> I think it makes a lot of sense. Because you started running. When did you start running? Wow, I started running in March of last year. Oh, it's right in the middle of it? Yeah, well, I mean, basically, when all of this was happening, the few people that knew about it kept saying, you know, you should really journal. You should really journal your emotions and get your... (laughs) Right, which, A, I've never been a journaler, but B, I think when you write for a living, journaling and writing kind of, it loses that therapeutic quality. Right. I mean, I I understand that sentiment, but saying it, you should journal. <laughs> right. Like you, you should journal to, to, you know, clear your thoughts and get things off your chat. I'm like, no, I'm not going to journal. I don't journal 
I don't. And, and when you write all day, the last thing you want to do is write. And I think I mentioned that to you at one point and you said you should run. And I've never run. I hated the idea of running. It terrified me. But eventually I decided, all right, I'll give it a shot. And I've been running, you know, three or four times a week since March of last year. Because I remember it's amazing. The first, few t- the first few times you did it, you would text me and you were like, this sucks. <laughs> oh, it was awful. It took me it took me at least probably six months before I could say that I enjoyed running. Yeah. I mean, it's taken me a really long time, a really, really, really long time to, to grow to like it. I mean, and it was it was a really horrible, horrible relationship with running until, mm, I don't know, probably it took about a year at least. Yeah. Right, but, least. but there's stages though, right? I guess for me, you know, it took about six months before I could say, okay, I, I went for a run and now I like how I feel. Afterward, I would feel great. But I right. still hated getting my shoes on, tying them, and every single step I took. I hated it. Right. And I didn't clear that hurdle until probably in the within the last month, like February of this year. And did it? do you think that it helped w- with the Dark Ages? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think it... I mean, it was the only really physical activity that I did. I mean, I don't I don't play team sports. I, I used to bike, but I stopped that. And I think it helped me just get out. And even though I spent a lot of my time thinking about everything that was going on, it didn't feel like I was constricted by it, like I was, you know, consumed by it. I was just able to be out and, and you know, blowing off steam, I guess, for lack of better expression. Mm-hmm. It was... Everything. There were times where I would run probably six days a week. Really? Just because that's how much it helped. So I would I would get back to my basement apartment and I would just run just to take my mind off of the events of the day. So it's 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 an important part of your life. It's a huge part of my life. I can't imagine stopping it now. Right. It would it would leave me feeling unbelievably restless. Well, and there's every scientific study that talks about your health. I mean, pretty much includes getting up and moving around. Right. Because <laughs> people, I mean, and I've had people say to me, you know, you're you're spending too much time working out, and I won't. I'm not going to mention the person that said that to me. But I was really <laughs> upset about it, um, and I want to say. <laughs> Kind of like the Incredible Hulk. You know, you don't like me when I'm angry. Right. Like, you don't, you're not going to like me if I haven't gotten my workout in. Like, that's a kind of a, it's actually part of the um, prescription for my depression. It's a prescription for my the anxiety that, like, it completely helps me, you know, deal with that part of, you know, what I, my, my mental health. It's critical to maintaining, like, a level, stable sense. I think mm-hmm. it's also really important for my Fitbit and trying to beat my mom, <laughs> which is really what it all comes down to <laughs> in the end. But it's Honestly, exactly what you said. Like the the panic, the panic of like, oh, my gosh, do I have my Fitbit on? Because if I'm going to do 12 miles, holy God, that Fitbit had better be on my, my goddamn body. <laughs> well, the thing that frustrates me, though, I don't I don't have a Fitbit, so I don't get to compete with you or your mom. But. When I when I run, I have fairly big strides, so I'll go out and I'll run eight miles, and then I look at my steps, and they're they're so they're so low, 
And I feel like I just wasted, like, come on, there's got to have been like 4,000 more than that or something. I'm just so damn fast (laughs) that it, you know. How tall are you? Just six foot, six one, something like that. So when do you when do you run? <laughs> Whenever I can manage to fit it in, I try to be as consistent as possible. Uh, during the week, I try to do it around two o'clock because I'll work through my lunch and then run, and then I have to pick Lexton up. So I try to do it at two. On the weekends, sometimes I will go earlier. But you know, the people that wake up at you know four four thirty that hit the gym. I can't do that because I can't leave. I, I I guess I could, but I'd feel really, really nervous leaving him here asleep right. alone. Which is my problem as well. I mean, I would love to be able to get up at 4.30 or 5 and get get the workout done before the day, but it's just, I can't. I have two children that I have to be here for. <laughs> and then that also affects the training, the marathon training, the long runs, because I can't do the long runs on the weekends because I have my kids unless I pay somebody to come watch them. So I do my long runs on Fridays, which means that there's a chunk of time. There's, you know, a huge chunk of my day that I should be working that I'm dedicating to running. Well, I mean, you you should be working, but if you don't run, the results are going to be very poor anyway. Well, yeah, I mean, I have to get in long runs like I have to like tomorrow my long run is 12 and then the next week my long run is 18 that's the longest thus far for the training right yeah yeah and it's you know it's really really difficult to I mean just for anybody to fit into their schedule but especially and I was really panicked last week um because Marla was sick (laughs) that's just a running theme (laughs) again this is called this the kids are sick podcast um (laughs) I was I was really nervous because I did a 16-mile run, and that was the longest in the training so far. And Marlo had the flu. And uh, I was really worried that she was going to wake up in the middle of the night, and I was going to be up all night long and have to run 16 miles on no sleep. And, I, and luckily, the baby, my babysitter was able to come and watch her so that I could get the long run in. But like, there's a panic of, am I going to get to sleep before I go and do these things? Is there... Are they, are they going to be so sick that I can't leave? It's a it's a stumbling block when it comes to trying to do this kind of training, um, and even like I I my other workouts I have to get done while they're at school because it's just me, and so it's it's very difficult to fit in all of the work that I have to get done and working out so that I stay sane and taking care of my kids. Yeah, and it's so it's so multifaceted. Right. Like, I mean, I've, I, you hear of these people who run marathons and they only trained for a week or they've never run one and they didn't do anything. And that's, that's fine. You know, people do that. Right. But that's not what you want to do. That's not what's right for your body, etc. So you, you need to get these long runs in because that's part of the training to be able to perform in this marathon the way that you want to be a good guide, etc. Oh yeah. Well, they, they actually emphasize in all the literature that they have sent me, you know, the you know the short runs during the week are are good, but the most important thing is the long run, and it's just like this, <laughs> it's this thing that stares me down at the end of the week. It's like, am I gonna get the the long run in and planning the route, and or am I gonna have to do it on the treadmill because the air quality is so bad in Salt Lake that it's dangerous to run outside? So is it really? 
Yeah, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Apparently when I was in New Zealand and honestly, so I was in New Zealand for a couple of weeks speaking at a conference and those are the best runs I've had so far because it was outside along a waterfront. I didn't have my kids there, so I was able to get up, you know, at five thirty in the morning and get out. That's the best time of day for me to run. And I, I ran in like I did a, a ten mile, a seven mile, a five mile, and then a fifteen miler. And it was incredible. It was awesome. Um, and while I was there, everybody, everybody in Salt Lake was like, thank God you're not here because apparently the inversion was so bad. You could not see like 20 feet in front of you. Wow. Like that's how bad it was. So that's another thing I got going for me here. <laughs> As if there weren't enough hurdles to begin with. So you want to run a marathon. Let's see what we can just throw in your face. Yeah, I didn't really, I knew you were a treadmill runner and I'm not, I never have been, I get bored. But that that in itself, I think not running on a treadmill, mm-hmm. air quality aside, is its own challenge. Because, yeah. well, for one, you have to plan the route, which Google Maps, that's what I use at least, it makes it, it does make it easy. But it takes time. You have to plan the route. Um, I could not navigate my way out of a paper bag, so usually I forget the route in my own city. <laughs> Seriously, I don't know. I don't know what's up with me. But it's also, I mean, I live in in the Midwest, and... You know, it's just now starting to warm up, but there were days where I would where I would run in the blizzard. So you're kind oh. of running on snow, you're running on ice. I would come home and my face is like half frozen. But there's Why no other option. Why are we doing option. this? Why are we yeah. doing this? <laughs> that, that tells you how necessary it is for mental like mental stability. Because why, why else would you? I mean, I do feel really good after a run. But sometimes I'm, I go out and it's 15 degrees and 20 mile an hour winds. And those first couple miles are absolutely awful. The first couple miles always are awful. Okay, they're, like, they're always awful. But always in the standard, cold, though. Standard of, in every run, the first two miles just suck. They just do. And then, yeah, I hit mile. I help my, <laughs> my accent is really bad. I hit today. mile. I hit mile six. But usually, like, <laughs> when, when I'm on a long, a long run, like, I hit mile. <laughs> there it is again. This is great. I, I hit mile six, and that's when the runner's high hits. And I'm like, oh, I, I get it, I get it, I get it. And I'm I'm sure people are watching me, and I'm like some cartoon character skipping <laughs> point. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, so because it's so time-consuming, like, I, I mean, I don't take a lunch break ever. And people are like, let's go get lunch together. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I have to go run. <laughs> that's, you know, that's my lunch break. That's it. And, um, I don't, I don't do coffee breaks. Um, and do if I'm, tea usually, if I'm on a coffee, if I'm on a conference call, I'm walking around the room. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm the same way. Yeah. I pace all the time, which makes it hard to take notes. But I mean, and I know not having a lunch break is like so many people don't have lunch breaks, but it's just another one of those things that of, of trying to get people to understand. Like, I think we've talked about this, like, I feel like a bad friend and, People want to see me during the week, and I want to see people, and I want to give as much as I possibly can, but I don't have the time. I I have to train, so I can't give up the run. Right. You can't sacrifice it, but but it's not even, you know, I will make something at home and eat and check emails, right? But you know that when you go out with, with a friend, even if you could say, yeah, sure, I can spare a half an hour today. I'm going to make time for that. It's not a half an hour. It's an hour or an hour and a half. And it, and it's fine. I'm not complaining 
about those lunches or those conversations. But for me, at least, there's always that voice in the back of my head that's like, okay, how are you going to make this up? <laughs> you know you're going to pay. Every minute, you're going to pay. My baby, my babysitter yesterday, she was like, have you seen that that image going around? It's a cartoon image, I think, of a guy standing talking to someone, and he's got a knife behind his back. And it's like, <laughs> when you're in a hurry and the person won't stop talking to you. <laughs> and it's like, there are so many times, and I feel terrible about this. It's like, I got to go, I got to go to a training run, right? Or I, I've got to go get on a conference call, and I will walk into, like, school with my head down, not like, looking at my feet, not making eye contact. <laughs> I feel terrible. Even though you know that's not going to work anyway. I mean, <laughs> someone someone is going to stop you. <laughs> you have to get it to the point where you can just open the doors and the car is still moving. And just, they just get out and you go. And he, like, I can, I can hear like, any life coach who is listening to this is like, <laughs> you guys... <laughs> You guys have got to change the way you live. This is not okay. <laughs> but you pick, I mean, you you find something that works, right? A way to live that lets you survive. I, for me, it's like as long as I can maintain the midline, if I don't go much above it, you know what? I'm not going to complain. If I can maintain this consistent rhythm and path, I'm okay. Maybe right. there's a change that would make it better. But I also know that the the days or weeks or months that would take to implement that change would be just painful. Well, I will say that, you know, I did work with a life coach for about 18 months. Really, really amazing investment in, in my time and money. Um, and one of the major things that we worked on was me being able to say, you know, to ease up on myself. And I will say just in relation to running even, um, I was I was running half marathon in Africa, in Tanzania, and it was six miles. The first six miles were straight uphill, straight oh, uphill. Oh, I hate hills. It was uphill so much, it was almost like climbing a ladder. Like, people were using their hands to get up the hill. What? <laughs> I'm not kidding. And that's and in the first six? So that's before you're even really six. into it. Yes. Ugh. Then the next three miles are straight downhill, and then the last four are a little bit uphill. And that's when the sun came out, and it was like 98 degrees, 170,000 percent humidity, and I just <laughs> hit, I just completely hit a wall, like bonked. And I, for the first time in my life, I the, she had worked with me really hard, and I was like, you know what, I'm gonna walk, and I never would have let myself walk before, and I was like, I'm gonna walk one song, and I'm going to run one song. And somehow, I don't know how I made it to the finish line, but I did. But I can remember thinking in that moment that, oh, she would be so proud of me. I'm walking. <laughs> Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. There's a part of me, I really, really love the flexibility that I have. And the flexibility allows me to run and allows me to work out. Um, During the day. But during the yeah during the day but there's a part of me that thinks if i had a desk job and i went to work and i was there would life be better you know i think about like i think about the the years that i worked in los angeles when and i had a stupid long commute like an hour and a half in my car each way and I I would get up before work and I would go work out before work and then I would have it an eight hour day nine hour day ten hour day, and then drive home. But like I got so much work done and and then I left the job, and those were some of the happiest years of my life. <laughs> I mean I I see the go mom look at that. No, I know what you I mean. Love my, I love my kids, but like that was that. I think was so easy. You know what I mean? It was so easy. I look back on it. And at the time I was like, oh, this is a pretty hard slog, but it was so easy. It was easy. Well, but I like, think there's two factors though. Like you didn't have kids. So even if you had worked for yourself out of your house or apartment, it it would have also been easy because you could have gotten up early to run. You could have run in the evening. You could have done whatever. So that's, right. that's a piece of it. I mean, when, when there aren't children, when you aren't responsible for another life form, it's automatically easier. But I think the other catch is now so many jobs, you don't work eight or nine or 10 hours and go home and be done. We've got smartphones and you've got email. And I mean, before I left my job, there would be meetings with China at nine or 10 o'clock at night because they're, you know, 12 or 14 hours ahead. So even then, even going into the office every day, it still didn't end. Like I didn't have, I, I guess maybe I had some freedom that I don't now, like in some different areas, but I have way more freedom now than I ever did then. Yeah. I mean, that's what, that's what I'm saying is like the flexibility now is so much more than I had then. Um, and, and I, 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 I like that because of, of my children, but like, I think about how, um, my, my life was so separated from my job and, um, and now my life is so consumed with my job sure. and th- because the line is so blurred, that has added an element to my life that is, it's, it's a weird reality and it's hard and it's, 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 you know, I, I do think back fondly and, re- and reminisce about those years when I had a desk job. Which is frightening to think about, right? Because yeah. no, no one really wants a desk job. No one graduates. I'm like, oh, thank God, a desk job. Bring it on. Let's do this. But even like like an hour and a half commute, I had an hour and a half to listen to music and I didn't have to do, I didn't have to check email. I didn't have to look at Twitter. I didn't have to check the Facebook comments. I was in my car driving, listening to music. Like how indulgent is that? Well, I think it's all, I mean, this is almost like a much bigger discussion on the difference between ease Sorry. and flexibility, right? Right. To a certain point. And I mean, 
here's our spiral. It's like <laughs> maybe maybe back then things were easier, but when you really look at it, they were a lot less flexible. Now there's a lot more flexibility, but it's it's almost harder. Like because there's more flexibility, there there are more balls in the air to juggle. Right. Well, even then, like I said, I would get up at four, five, excuse me, five thirty in the morning, and I would drive out to a set of stairs in Santa Monica, and I would run those stairs for forty five minutes, and then I'd drive home. I mean, that's how I got my workouts in. And you were a stair uh, runner. Oh. Oh man, it was amazing. It was so good. It was the best. I was that was the some of the best shape I've ever been in. And um, there was, I mean, and the flexibility there was that I didn't have kids. You know. Right. You could um, just get up and go. I could just get up and go. And so now, and and so now, last week when I did my 16-mile run, I was so afraid that I was going to get a call in the middle of the run from from my babysitter or from Lita, like she's sick or somebody needs to come and get her. And, well, I'm, I'm eight miles out, right? Uh, I'll be there in an hour and a half. <laughs> exactly. Like, Right. And that's what's, you know, I used to think about that when you were still running on the treadmill is at least then if there's, if there's a truly a major crisis and you have to stop your run, you get off the treadmill, you get in the car, you go home. But mm-hmm. when you run just out, you know, it's not like there's a faster way to get home. Not like I can sprint home for the last five miles. Right. You know, so there's, it's really just, well, unless you can come get me, you, you got to wait. And you, but you know hey, that. Lita, you, hey, twelve-year-old, get into the car. Right, hop in the car. You come get me. I'll drive home. But that's. I mean, I know every time that I go because, you know, every other weekend Lexton is with me, and every time that I go on a run, I make sure that I am like, do you have everything you need? Are you okay? Do you have your phone? Just because I don't know. But at the same time, as soon as I shut the door, I know that it doesn't matter. Because right. once I'm that many miles away, I can't get home any faster. And that, that always freaks me out. But there's yeah. no way around it. There's no, there's no real solution to it. I guess, yes, if you, if you run on a treadmill, then you do have that, that added flexibility. But I don't know. There's, there's no way. Well, there was, there was one weekend that I did a long run on a Saturday because my kids were with um, – they're at a sleepover. And that was the weekend that Lita got sick and called me when I was on the treadmill. Oh, yeah. And I was like, hold your puke for another three miles. I'll be there in just a second. Um, you know, and so it, even like the only person that I like if I, when if I can drop them off with my mom, that is the only person actually that I feel like, OK, if anything happens, it, like I, I, I'm going to be OK doing what I'm doing, knowing that I'm not going to get a call in the middle of it. Because otherwise, I feel like, I don't know, there's something about the stability. There's something with my mom. She's the only person that I can leave my kids with. And I'm like, okay, I'm not, I'm not going to get a phone call. So even if I leave them with friends, and it's not that I don't trust my friends or that I think it's, it's just that for some reason my kids think it's okay when they're with someone other than my mom to go, well, it's not, it's, I can still bother my mom, right? I don't, I don't care if she's running. I'm going to give her a call anyway, <laughs> right? Well, exactly. But I think with your, you know, with, with your mom, with grandparents, you know, and especially when they have a really close relationship, they're like next level parents. So they know, like, like they know if they asked you if they could call you on a run, you'd say no. They know if they're, if they're with your mom and they want to call you when you're on a run, she's going to say no. 
Well, in my mom, you're right. And my mom is basically, you know, she's she's standing in for me. And this is this is what I talk about all the time with people who are like, well, you know, would you ever consider leaving Utah? Why don't why do you, why are you there? Why do you why do you stay in Utah? And it's like you don't understand. She is my support network. Like she is, I, I could not do this without her. There's no way that I can leave. Uh, I say that, and then I'm going to move, and then people are going to go, "Well, you said that," <laughs> but but that that that's always my answer. And I mean, yes, I love Utah, and my kids' friends are here, but really, it comes down to the fact that my mom lives here. That's why I'm here. Right, it's the support because it's it's just you. I mean, yes, you you could move, you could move to another country, and you would be okay, and you'd find a way to make it work, but. When it's when it's just you, you know, when like we've said, when there's no one to elbow in the middle of the night, it's nice to know that there is someone there who's so capable of helping, someone that you trust without question. Right. You know, I mean, for me, my my family isn't close. Fortunately, you know, Heather's parents are very close and very supportive, and we have a great relationship. And I can't imagine not having that. You know, with the number of <laughs> with the number of days they get off from school. I, I rely on them so heavily. They like every week. It's like a three or four day week. Oh my gosh, they have a, That's right. They're off. They're oh, you just reminded me. They don't have school tomorrow. Why? They don't have school tomorrow either. No. Yeah. What is going like, on? I don't know. I just realized that on Tuesday. I I don't know what is happening, but every <laughs> week, like he'll come home. He's like, oh, I'm off Monday. I'm like, what? Why are you off Monday? I'm not off Monday. <laughs> Like I want to march down and I just want to walk into the principal's office or the district office and like, do you understand? Why are you doing this? Why are my kids not learning? I remember like having a Monday or a Friday off was amazing. I mean, you looked forward to it. Like I, I remember looking at the school calendar and knowing like we got three awesome. I, I think it was one year where he he started, and I think it was the first five or six weeks, and none of them were five day weeks. They had right. half days or a Monday off or a Friday off. I'm like, how how do you even adjust to a five-day week? Well, and last week, just last week was parent-teacher conferences. So that was three half days. Oh, three half word. days. Yeah. What do you mean three half days? What do you mean? <laughs> because it's still the same. Like, you still have to get them up and, and pack the back, like, get them out the door. Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't save you any time. And then you lose the afternoon. Completely gone. Right destroyed right all, all it really saves you is you don't have to pack a lunch ultimately and, you know and and then you like i can't plan for, like i mean then i had to go back to their school and and then i have and to go man. to the parent teacher conference <laughs> so the whole day is and they're probably on separate days right well i i made sure that i had them like right right back to back <laughs> like i'm i'm so i strategize so hard now when in terms of like trying trying to manage my days just so that i can get like I, all I want, all I want really is like a four hour block of time to sit down and do creative work. What I would give, what I would give for four hours of like uninterrupted time to do, to write, to like update deuce.com, right? I, what I would give for that. Do you still I write over there? I, yeah, I didn't retire. <laughs> I do. I, I will. That's the thing though, is that I, I, I I can't even emphasize it or describe it enough. I I don't remember the last time I had four hours to write. 
I don't because again, on a plane, like, that's when it is. It's, it's on a when plane. you're confined, like when you, when there's nothing else to do. There's, and there's nothing I hate worse though than breaking out my laptop in that small of a space when, when I'm already don't fit in the seat. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I, know, I know that so well. I can barely <laughs> get it out of my bag without like laying in, in my seatmate's lap. Like, hang on. Let me let me put my head in your lap while I reach my laptop. <laughs> that, that's just, it's awkward, okay? But I think the thing, the weird thing is, I mean, with with me, I think I probably have more of a freelance style, you know, uh, job at the moment. And there's, it ebbs and flows. And the weird thing is when I'm completely swamped, that's when I just, I crave the creative time. Right, like mm-hmm. I, I need it, but then when I'm not swamped, it's like the, the like the creativity doesn't want to be there anymore. So there needs to be a way to build it in around being busy because you need to balance it out. Right, and I think I, I think it's ultimately when it comes down to any of this, whether whether it's creative writing or running or whatever, it is the balance. It's that you can't have it can't be uneven for too long in any one direction or you just lose it. And that's why we run. That's why we run. It does. I do like, uh, just like you were talking about earlier, um, as much as these longer runs kind of, they do, they're a little intimidating to someone like me who's not a seasoned runner. Um, and I get a little anxious before each of them. But last, last week, um, if you if you guys can hear my stomach growling, sorry about that. <laughs> All, I run a lot, and so I get very very hungry, very hungry. Um, we, could, we should need to talk about that in just a second. But last week, um, there's so much was going on, and and I was trying to work in, through my head in my head like how I was, how I was going to manage all these projects that I've got I've got going on, and I was like I cannot wait to start get on that run and get like. F- 15 minutes in and it's me time. Like I am alone. I'm solitary. I I have got no one around me. And I was so looking forward to that Zen. Do you know what I mean? Oh, that, and that's what I meant by free time. Like it's, it's Mm -hmm. a time that you schedule and you know, you build it in and it's not, it's not really free time, but it's, it is time to just be with yourself. It's like the only time of the day where I actually feel alone, even though I work alone, you're always working on projects or deadlines or contracts or sending email or on the phone. But when I run, it's just me. Mm-hmm. You know, and especially if you if you run with music, which I I've just recently started doing, it's like your own world. You just recently started doing that? I yeah, I don't I don't run with I don't like having the, the earbuds in. <laughs> I don't I don't know why. I just I it freaks me out. Like I'm not gonna hear something and then all of a sudden I'm gonna get run over even though I don't run on the street. I, and the couple times that I tried it, I, I think I just need a better playlist because I would listen to something and run way faster than I needed to run and you know, for the first mile, and then I just feel miserable. Oh, you have to be really careful with that. I actually hurt myself to a, a Rihanna song. To a... I really, I did. <laughs> there are three, there are three. Oh, okay. I, I actually hurt myself to a Rihanna song. Okay. I did. I was in the middle of of a, of a half marathon in in St. George, Utah, um, down in Moab. Was it Moab? Yeah. Was this last year? 
No, this was in 2011. Okay. And I was already kind of injured because I was training for the New York Marathon and I only had two months. And so I had I had worked up to that mileage way too quickly. And I was in the middle of this half marathon and I was feeling so good. Like it was like mile seven, eight. And then the runner's high had hit me. And then this Rihanna, that Rihanna song, We Found Love in a Hopeless Place, that one. Yeah. It came on and like. You just took off? I was like, I'm going to run so fast. Like It was a completely involuntary reaction. And I took off and came down on my foot wrong. Oh. And fractured my foot at mile nine and had to run and finish the race on that foot. So you got injured like right on the first step into that boost? You didn't even actually get to take advantage of Rihanna? No. No. Wow. You have to be really careful about all that. There's three songs on my playlist that that are good for like motivating me to get to the end of like a, of a run. But, um, I got to make sure that they're not in the middle. (laughs) Well, it's, it has to be strategic. It has Mm -hmm. to be strategic. And I just haven't, haven't had the time to do that. So usually I just end up throwing songs or albums onto a list and shuffling it. Well, yeah, yeah. That's what I do. You know, I mean, it works, but I try, I tried running, listening to a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry to anyone who's doing that right now. Don't do it. <laughs> didn't work? No, it did not work at all. No. Mm-mm. It was on a treadmill. I think that's what the problem was. Is that as I was like, okay, no, this is, I, uh-uh. Oh, no, no, that would, yeah. I mean, especially if you're on a treadmill, you have no scenery change. Right. You have to have something. I, I, yes. I have a friend who listens to, like, I think sp- sports radio, like sports oh, really? talk radio while he runs, which I... I, I could never even, I wouldn't even want to leave my house if that was on. <laughs> I just, just couldn't do it. Does Does Lexton run at all? He is built to run, I think. He is like 5'1 and maybe 70 pounds. I mean, he's just, he's all arms and legs. But the the coordination piece, well, I think it's it's twofold, right? The coordination piece isn't quite there because you do, you need to find your rhythm. I mean, I, the coordination piece wasn't there for me when I started either, and I probably still look like an idiot. But it's it's coordination, and then it's still. I mean, he's he's twelve, and this when when he thinks I'm gonna run, that's like I'm gonna run at 120 percent for 30 seconds, <laughs> and then I'm done like for the day, right? So there's the the discipline isn't there, but he just he's sort of expressed an interest in running with me. So there's oh, a oh nice yeah it's I mean I was really excited when he said it and I found there's a, a school nearby that has a track a nice track so we just tried it a week or two ago and you know I would do several laps around the track and then I would slow down for a lap and he would run um, but it's you know the whole time that we're doing it it's like okay no you don't you don't need to go full speed you don't need to match my speed I'm slowing down. You know, you, you know, hold your arms up. I mean, you don't run like kind of all floppy like that. You're not going to like that. But the fact that he's interested is huge. I mean, it took a while, but I mean, he sees me going out. He hears me talk about it. He knows that I enjoy it. There's some days where, you know, maybe I'm, I'm busy and I don't think I have time or he's got something. So I don't want to leave. And he will encourage me to go. Really? Or he'll say, you know, you need to go. You're going to be so mad if you don't go. I don't like you when you're hungry. <laughs> and I, I ultimately think that's what it is. Like, please go, because I don't want to be around you in two hours if you don't. 
But I think it's, I mean, that's certainly not positive, but I think in general, (laughs) it's positive, right? Because he sees how important it is. That's better than Lita's reaction. She's oh, like, no. <laughs> she, she's like, oh, you're gonna go do your run, huh? You're a runner, huh? Really? Yeah, That's like so I'll, awesome. She's she's merciless. I get home from a run and I'll be really sore. She's like, oh, how many miles did you do? Sixteen. Wow, long way, mom. <laughs> so she has like no interest in joining. Oh, so we live up up a hill basically and which me which makes it leaving leaving from my house to, to go on a run is awful because ending the run is straight uphill to get home so usually if i'm if i'm running outside i drive somewhere to run because literally it's straight uphill to get to our house for like the last and, what quarter mile uh last at uh, least mile oh it's like oh, wow. a mile okay. A mile. And so going to her school, her school's down the street or, you know, and it's all downhill. And uh, when Marlo's been sick for, well, she's finally not sick anymore, but she was sick for almost three weeks. And there were a few days there where Lita had to walk home. (laughs) Uphill? Yes. She really, like, she gets to tell that story when she's older. You know, and later in the day, like she was sitting on the on the couch and she had this look on her face, and I was like, "What's wrong?" And she's just like, "I'm, I'm just so sore from walking home." <laughs> oh, how far did you walk, Lita? One mile. It's so far. So, so far. And I did. There was one day I was like, "Huh." I, I stood in front of her. I was like, "Come run 16 miles with me, hun, hun." <laughs> She does get to say that when she's older, that she had to walk straight uphill from school. For a whole mile. For a whole mile. Not even, it's not even a whole mile. But, but yeah, but no, what I'm saying is like, it's basic. you have to go for a very, very, very long way from here for it not to be straight uphill coming home. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. No, my, the first part of my run is not uphill, but it's along a like, state highway, not like an interstate, but just a really busy road. And I, I hate it. And it makes yeah. running on the snow and ice extra exciting but i still don't know how you how you do the 16 mile i mean my longest run is uh, like eight and a half and i felt fine but thinking about it i think what it is for me which i know you can relate to so i'm like okay 16 miles oh that's so much time i don't even fear the the exercise or the soreness i know that will be a part of it but my fear is the time Okay, if I take that much time out to stretch and then run 16 miles and then shower, I don't know how I'm going to make that up. I know I'm going to have to get to that point. I want to to do the longer runs, but th- I think you it really says it something. The problem. Right, but I think that really says something about kind of the, the day-to-day realities of working full-time as a single parent. When you, when you don't dread the actual running part of 16 miles... You dread the loss of time. That's the real killer. Yeah, it's th- that is our most precious commodity, isn't it? Always. Always. Always, and you just have to pick, you have to pick which part of the day gets dropped. You know. Yeah. And like we said prob- probably in episode 1, you you can't you can't bend time or compress time with kids. It doesn't happen. No. 
And you know, I have been working out with a trainer since 2010. I work out with her twice a week. And um, I it's cross-training, it's weight training, you know. And Like at a um, gym, like anything not at running. At a gym. Okay. Right. And um, she, she's, I call her my bishop um, <laughs> because she is my, it's my religion because, and again, like I, when I, when I don't go during the week, you know, I'm, I'm not in a good mood. I, I didn't get my workout in and I don't, and I don't feel well, but um, again, a person in my life is just like, you, you know, you really need to give that up because that's an hour out of your day. And, but I feel like at some point my kids are going to see me investing this time in my health and that will be a positive influence on them. Um, hopefully. <laughs> I, but I think even, you know, even though Lita maybe gives you a hard time about it, I'm sure that, you know, in the back of her mind, she's able to reason that it's positive. Right. Right. I mean, it, it, it has to be, I, I can't see it. I can't see it any other way. And I think, you know, whoever said that to you, I mean, yeah, it's an hour. You said you go twice a week. Yeah. So it's two hours a week. But I feel like there has to be some sort of fancy mathematical equation to look at, you know, if you don't go, how your productivity drops or how other things are impacted. So you end up ultimately losing more time if you don't set aside the time to go to the gym or to run. I really believe that that's true. At least for me, personally. I mean, maybe it's not like that for everybody, but I think that's a big part of it. I think it also plays into how I feel about myself. Like, I feel better. I feel better about who I am when in doing this. I, that it's, it really does come down to that. Like, I feel much better about who I am. Um, and it's a very personal thing. And, and I feel so much prouder of myself and much more invested in in my well-being and I, I feel like a better person just personally just for who you are yeah interesting I guess I don't know I had never I had never thought of it that way I think and maybe that's just because it's such a different accomplishment right mm -hmm. from what you do you know professionally and even and even as a single parent because it is something, yeah. it's something that even if you run in a group, it's still for you. It's for me. Right. And it's one of the only things that is truly just for the self. Right? Right. And it is, it's like, okay, so this is, this is a, it's a goal that I have set for myself and it's a goal that I have kept and I continue to accomplish it. It's something that I, I continue to accomplish again and again and again. And I think that's what it does for me. It's like, I've set this goal and I've accomplished it. Each week I go twice a week and I, I've done this run and I, I, you know, I've got a 16 mile run ahead of me and I did it. You know, it's, it's the completion of it. It's like, I feel, I feel better about myself. That part I get. I, I mean, you, you do the longer runs. You do twice a week. I do shorter runs and I run four days a week. I try to run, you know, two or three, two days during the week. And then I try to run Saturday and Sunday. And like every week that that's successful, you know, when I get home from my fourth run of the week on Sunday, I feel I feel amazing that I that I set those four runs and I kept them. Mm -hmm. You know, I kept them. You know, even even if Lexton's home, I kept him. If the weather's bad, I did it. And I think that's a big part of it. And maybe that's it. Maybe half of this is just the psychological game. 
for lack of better term. Yeah, I think, and I think I need the psychological game um, because life, especially now that it's just me um, and everything is crunched. I need that psychological, whatever, whatever chemical it releases in my brain to, to do, to do this and to juggle all of these things that there's something, there's some chemical in my brain that's being released by the exercise that is like helping me cope and helping me still do this again and again, like get up and okay, it's still me. It's still me doing this again every day in and out again and again and again. Yeah. It's like a survival tactic. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of what it ends up being. But how do you, you know, you said you like to run in the morning. Like mm-hmm. ideally, if you could have it anyway. And I'm kind of the opposite. I used to think that I was a morning runner. And then I've realized that, you know, like late afternoon or early evening is sort of better for me. I seem to I seem to run faster. I feel better after after my runs. But how do you how do you work this? You know, if morning is your ideal time, but you have no choice but to do these long runs, you know, in an I guess an off peak time. How do you do that? I mean, how do you how do you adjust to that? I just do. That <laughs> could basically be the slogan for everything, I guess. I just do. I just do it. It's like when I get to mile 12 and I want to stop and I know I have four more miles to go, I just keep going. It's just I I drop my kids off from school and I either go to the gym or I run. That's that's my schedule. And, yeah, again, it's the psychological, well, I'm going to go do it, even though – yeah. I, I would have gotten four miles in, like at six o'clock. It would have, it would have been a better four miles, but you know, I this is this is the reality. I I don't have that luxury of getting up at six o'clock in the morning and going and doing that. Yeah, so it's just making the best of the time that you have. Yeah, yeah, the same. And that, it's hard too when you, you know, especially I I hate running in the dark. So early morning and evening runs are well, at least in in the Midwest right now are in the dark. So even if I was able to fit them in, it's kind of out of, you know, out of my comfort zone, I guess. I don't really want to wear a headlamp and a bunch of flashing gear. Oh, gosh, I hate carrying things. <laughs> I do, too. I, I, oh, I had to carry water on the 16-mile run, and I just I wanted to throw it constantly. You don't have any of those cool, like, like hip water bottle things I, that go on like, the waistband? Well, I did, and then I gave it away thinking I wasn't ever going to run again, and then now I'm running, and I have these, I had been given these two water bottles that had the little hand grip things. Oh, yeah. My gosh, I'm really Southern in this episode. You are they super have these little Southern. hand grip things, and um, I, I was so mad because it was, it was, he- it was, it was heavy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was full of water, but it was like making me off balance because I was holding it in my right hand and it was like my whole stride was off. And then, so I would take a gulp and every time I took a gulp, I wanted to throw the water bottle. Like I have overwhelming urge to throw it at someone. <laughs> but it's strapped on your hand anyway, right? Yes. That's probably why that's like that. <laughs> I know that people have strategies for longer runs where they like stash water bottles or they stop at Seven Elevens. you know, I may end up doing that, but. Do they really? Anyway, like they yeah. incorporate that into the run? Yeah. That's a brilliant idea. I hadn't even considered that. Someone just told me about that today where they were like, yeah, you should go on this, this, you know, start here and go there. And I'm like, well, how, how much I need to have to carry water? And they're like, oh, no, no, no. You just stop into a 7-Eleven and buy a Gatorade. I was like, "You, this is a thing, I guess. <laughs> it makes sense. I mean, I, I hate carrying things, but I am 
I am the guy that carries his phone because I don't have an armband thing. You carry your phone in your hand? Yeah, so I just, I, sw- I switch every mile. <laughs> so, so my stride is kind of like always off balance. Because I feel like when you have to grip something, like it throws off one whole side. Right, because oh, you've yeah. got to grip it. So, you know, I'll hold it in my right hand, and then at you know one mile in, I switch hands, and then you know another mile, I switch. It's it's awful, and I need to get I need to get you know an armband for it. I have I have a band that goes around my waist, really? and I put it in there. Like a separate band specifically for the phone. Yes. Does it work well? It holds not only holds the phone, but it also holds. <laughs> what, what are you? <laughs> I haven't even, like, usually I only slip into this accent when I've talked to my mom or I've had something to drink. I'm thinking Neither that you just, of which has happened today. you just got a glass of bourbon. I know. So it holds, it holds my phone and then it holds, um, like, it holds salt pills, it holds uh, goose, it holds, like, credit cards. Yeah. It's basically like a purse around my waist. Oh, that, yeah, I would, I could use that. I hate... I hate holding it. When I run and it's colder, I wear pants and they have zipper pockets, so I'm able to, you know, stick the phone in there. Yeah. But otherwise, this has now become this has now become a running podcast. It, it will be. We're not going to stop. It's just going to keep going. Hopefully, you've got another eight miles going. ahead. I got to move because my butt hurts. <laughs> this setup in this this setup in here, I got to get a bigger pillow. <laughs> in your in your makeshift recording studio. Yes. In my closet, surrounded by all of my Stitch Fix clothes. <laughs> they did not pay me to say that. It's just the reality of the closet. Yes. Well, I wonder, you know, I think it's hard as a single parent to fit this in. As a single parent who, who works full-time but with the flexibility of working from home, right? It's It's hard to fit it in. It cuts in on work. It cuts in on leisure. It cuts in on the ability to maintain friendships. <laughs> right. It cuts into yeah. everything. It cuts into everything. Because yeah. it's something that we prioritize, I guess, is really what it amounts to. You know, we could yeah, decide not priority. to run and go to lunch instead, and I'm not faulting anyone for doing that. It's just you, you decide what works for you. You do you. You do you. See? Perfect. Sorry, not sorry. Sorry, not sorry. Hashtag. Hashtag blessed. <laughs> so the the question though is, you know, I'd like to know, you know, how our listeners fit exercising into their daily schedules. Whether they work from home with kids, whether they you know have an hour commute each direction and a ten hour day, etc. You know, I I'd love to hear the tips and tricks and hacks that they've come up with to make exercise a regular part of their life. So please, you know, whatever you can share with us, feel free to email us at stories at manicramblings.com and we will share some of our favorites in a future episode. Yeah, and if you would like to learn more about the organization that I am running with for the Boston Marathon where I'm guiding a runner, you can find links to the Massachusetts Association for the Blind and Visually Impaired and Team with a Vision at manicramblings.com. And finally, you can find out more about us and this podcast at manicramblings.com or on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at manicramblings. 
And until next time, get off your ass. <laughs> Go running. And I am so sorry for my belly rumbling. <laughs> my gosh. <laughs> Oh my gosh, it's seriously like it it needs its own podcast. It is screaming. It's going to have its I'm own. I'm so hungry. <laughs> I'm so hungry all the time. I can't describe it. Like I, that's the thing that I dread the most. We'll just eat for like, the next episode. We'll just both be eating <laughs> and talking about eating. You should see the the you should <laughs> there's not a salad big enough that I can't just destroy. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> No, really. I was sitting at dinner in D.C. I'm just going to keep going. I was sitting at di- sitting at di- in dinner with D.C. with with four women, my my colleagues, and they're all, you know, <laughs> they're very, very delicately eating their meals, like you know, a civilized human being. And I was, I, I, I like, I monsterized my meal, like I couldn't get the food into my face. Fast it's enough. I was so hungry, like and shoveling I, and like it I, in. shoveling it into my face, <laughs> and I'm. <laughs> I think one of my friends was trying not to notice, <laughs> she was being polite about it, and I finished way before everybody else, and I was eyeing everybody else's food. This is a, this is like a side effect of this. Like I'm, I cannot satisfy the hunger. I don't know. But yeah. you're way ahead of me in that department. I need yeah. I need to figure out the diet component of it. I mean, I can I can eat, but I don't I don't eat the right things. I can do I can do things to a bag of potato chips that nobody needs to see happen. It's just it's not pretty. Yeah, come come to the vegan side. Come to the dark side. Uh, we'll see. That's I won't I will not get into my veganism. I promise. Don't worry about it. That's coming up though. Maybe. That's. <laughs> I don't think I've eaten meat for three days. So hey, you know it's a start. Good influence on you. Okay, it's true. We're really gonna go now. We really are gonna go. And I'm gonna, and now I'm gonna go do something about this accent. You gotta do something with the accent, you gotta eat. Yeah. yeah. Okay, right. Goodbye, y'all. <laughs>